What's going on, Team Age community? Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast presented by the Marketing Help. Co, your number one resource for proactively advancing and accelerating your marketing career. How's it going today? We are back with another Marketing Career Moments episode. Again, these are episodes you get to hear from the marketers about their own career path and learn more about what they actually do in their roles, but also how you can be successful in those roles. Today's guest, great guest today, Bill Sebald. Bill is the founder of GreenLane, and GreenLane is a digital marketing agency that focuses on SEO, paid search, content marketing, social media marketing, uh, really just a great group of experts that work for GreenLane. And I've known Bill for almost 15 years now, and I got to say, he's been one of the most influential marketers I've met in my career, uh, specific to SEO. I thought I knew a little bit about SEO. When I met Bill, I realized I didn't know a lot about SEO. So Bill's going to drop some great tips today. You're going to hear why and how Bill decided to get into SEO in the first place back in the mid-90s. But also, he's going to share one of the best analogies of analogies I've ever ever heard when it comes to explaining SEO, and it's going to make it super simple, super easy for you to explain SEO to family members, clients, uh, managers, executives, whoever. So, got to check that out. Uh, also, check out the show notes. Bill gives some great SEO resources that you have to follow. Uh, plus, there's some other great links to some marketing career resources that you don't want to miss. All right, so here's my conversation with one of the best SEOs in the space, Bill Seabold. Hey, fellow marketers, welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast. This is going to be a great episode. Uh, joined today by Bill Seabold, uh, founder of GreenLane uh, Agency, focused on all things SEO and some other things. Bill, well, welcome to the episode. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me. Thanks for putting the pressure on. <laughs> this is going to be great. Now, you know, it's a career moments episode, so we'd like to kind of go through a couple of things. One is understanding your path. And, you know, we worked together a long time ago, um, but I'm just curious, you know, give us some insights to your career path, because I know you had some stints prior to getting into the agency world. So walk us through your career path. Just let us know what was the path of you that took you from, where, you know, maybe after university all the way to today running your own agency. Well, I stumbled around for a while. So I went to Penn State. And during the time of Penn State, I was also flirting with being a rock star. And I had a, a record contract pending. And, and my whole first year and a half of college was maybe I'm going to stop doing this and do music. Well, it fell through. And I was now suddenly having to take college seriously. But it was kind of the end. And, and now I was I was studying marketing, but I was also studying media and film and all sorts of things. I had nothing really to to come out of school with. Mm. So I kind of bounced around saying, well, I got to figure out what I want to do. Uh, I ended up still doing music. I ended up saying, well, how about the web? The web is brand new. Like if you remember Napster, like this was the time of Napster that I yep. was uh, getting involved in all this. Yep. And I said, if I can just learn how to make web pages, I know I, I like to write and I can figure out the marketing stuff because I kind of went to school for marketing. <laughs> now, the difference is what I was being taught was nothing like what was happening. SEO wasn't even uh, really labeled yet. There wasn't a name for SEO yet. Search engines were pretty much hackable by anybody who just do a few tricks and you'd learn those tricks in, in forum boards. Yep, yep. So it's me spending a lot of time finally figuring out that there is this thing called SEO. And since I love to build things and I, I love teaching, um, the idea of bringing more traffic into the website so that I could do all of these things was just an interesting kind of uh, opportunity for me. So I just doubled down on learning SEO and 
ever since then, I found a, a community of people and it, it really was truly a blessing because it's still that way today. Yep. It's still this way today where, where the SEOs all over, even if you're competing with them, even if they're at competing agencies, we're all going to help each other try to figure this out. And that camaraderie is something that I was instantly attracted to. And the fact that it was a little bit edgy, right? It, there yep. wasn't, you know, SEO is kind of this new thing that nobody understood. Well, I was like, well, then I want to be one of the people that understand that. And that's how I fell in love with SEO. And then it, the first full-time job in SEO was in-house working um, for a couple of companies. Is that your first kind of role? Well, I started doing consulting right away, uh, way before I was even ready to. I felt like, well, I know some things about SEO. Nobody knows these things, so I know them. Um, so I did a little bit of consulting for a couple of years, and I took an in-house job in 1996, and I was working on a e-com site. It was before any carts, right? eBay was was a thing, but that was really it in terms of commerce. Yep. I remember people would email half their credit card, and then another email would come in with the other half of their credit card. It was that early on. Uh, so that was really my first in-house job. Then I took a couple other jobs and then I ended up, uh, it was 2006 actually where I met you Yep. and yep. it was GSI Commerce. So that was my first real, okay, you're in an agency now. Uh, definitely a little bit of a sink or swim moment, but a life-changing moment for me. Well, I was going to say, I mean, cause, cause here you are coming from self-taught, you, you learn by doing, and you, you realize that SEO was something that not everyone knew how to do, but, but now you did. And you went from going to, you know, doing it at your own pace, you know, learning at your own speed, working in-house at these companies. And then you jump into a larger agency, you know, migrating from kind of in-house to agency where there's process and there's clients that are clients and there's internal, you know, things to navigate. I mean, what was the biggest challenge for you when going from that, that kind of more independent operation into this structured agency. It was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Structured in quotes, of course. Yeah, no, well, compared to what I came from, it was very structured. Mm -hmm. And it was a culture shock. And I remember thinking for the first couple months, I'm going to get fired. They're going to see I'm a fraud. I don't know enough. Um, I remember one of our mutual colleagues, uh, Jason, he had said to me, relax, it's going to take you about eight months to really get comfortable. And that, like that helped because yeah, I was yeah. month two, month three. And I was like, I don't belong here. This is too big for me. Yeah. But I decided to stick it out and slowly kind of, I, you know, you may, you may remember, I didn't talk much in the beginning. I was observing everything Yes. because I wanted to fit in and I wanted to make it work. So fast forward to the end of the stint there at that agency. I mean, what did you take away uh, from that experience? Because I think from there you went in-house before starting Green Lane. So you know, when, when you kind of left that operation and that agency, what, what were the biggest takeaways? So the Green Lane is actually a product of all the things that I liked from agency and cutting out the things that I didn't like to see if we could actually put together a business that worked. You know, could I have my cake and eat it too? Yep. So some of the things I liked, loved actually, was how many brilliant people there were at GSI. I mean, there were so many brilliant people. Yep. And we worked really well together. We could break off into groups, go into a huddle room, plan something, execute something. And, and that was absolutely amazing. One of the things that I found to be kind of struggle, uh, a bit of a struggle for me, especially in SEO, and SEO is a lot different than all the other channels, yep. right? PPC, very forecastable. ROI, I can tell you what it would be. Yep. SEO, it's 
Shit, I don't, can I curse? <laughs> sure. Shoot, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, if I give you a dollar, how many will you give me? I don't know. I yeah. won't know until I give it a shot because I can't make Google do anything. I can influence Google, but I can't actually make them do it. So you're basically investing with me to try to influence Google and we may never do it. That's a really hard thing to do and expect to get somebody's money. Right. So it's, it's a game. I've, I've eventually learned it's a game uh, for people who are not weak of heart, people who understand the, the upside of all of it. But it is a little bit of gambling when you're yep. dealing with an algorithm like Google. And then all that packaged into your next stop, which was in-house for for a brand doing SEO or maybe doing more than SEO. No, right? it was it was SEO. SEO. Yeah. Okay. I had decided to leave uh, GSI. We were dealing with some, uh, we're always dealing with red tape there when you have brands and they're big brands like they were. So when eBay came in, I said, oh, this is going to be uh, more red tape, more stuff that I want to deal with. And I, I said, what have I not done in my career? I've already tackled uh, SEO with big brands, with, with retail. I've never really done B2B. And I really never did the link building, which is a giant component of SEO. The brands that we worked with had tons of links. They got them whether they wanted them or not. Right. So I said, let me take a couple of years to go in-house and learn that. Uh, in-house was okay. Um, just wasn't where I wanted to be. So mm. I said, I want to go back to having clients again. And since I had my sole proprietorship, why don't we restart that as an agency? Why don't we take those things that we like from GSI and keep the things out? And, and tr see if we can build this thing. And we've been successful for nine years. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and listen, I remember the day that, that I found out that you guys had had launched that. It was, I had nothing but, I knew that it was going to work just based on what I saw you do inside of, uh, at the the bigger agency model. I remember being in a, a meeting with you once, you explaining to a client how SEO works. And I love the analogy that you made because knowing the client and how, you know, how they had, a tough time grasping marketing concepts, you hit them with the, and I, I may be hacking a little bit, but it was the football field and, and digging for gold, digging for gold. Yeah. yeah. I could show you where the outline is, but I can't do all the digging. You're yes. going to have to help me do some of the digging. And you know, that there's gold here. You don't know where it is, but you know that it's here. You just yeah. need to know and trust that we know what we're doing. And, and the way that you articulated that, I was like, and that stuck with me. And I think when people ask me how to describe SEO, when I talk to students and other people, like I go right to that one. I go right to that one. That's cool. I'm glad you do. Yeah. I, now I think about it a lot like um, racing. That's my new analogy, right? I don't know a whole lot about NASCAR, but I know enough. And I know that there's big teams of people trying new things that might cost a lot of money. I don't exactly know what a manifold does. <laughs> Sounds cool, yeah. but they spend time trying to tweak this manifold to get a millisecond faster in the race. And that could cost them a lot of money. Yep. And they don't know that they're going to win the race doing it, but they know that if they don't do it, they'll never win the race. And that's kind of what SEO is to me. And, you know, when you think about your career and when you started Green Lane, was there ever a time, because again, you're close to, you know, the algorithms, not, you know, and, and what things to tweak. Did you ever lose confidence in SEO as a channel? Like, was it ever, did you ever wake up one day and be like, eh, I don't really know if SEO is going to be the thing I want to be doing in five, 10 years. Did you ever lose the the passion for SEO? No, I don't know why. Uh, I tend to get bored pretty easily, but <laughs> just everything about it is, it, I like it. I like detective work. I like helping. I like teaching. So it's, it's pretty awesome. It has gotten so much harder that the only thing I dislike is, Sometimes you have to tell 
you know, a client something very, very disappointing. Yep. Yeah. And, and you got to hope that they believe you so they don't, you know, say, well, we're going to fire you. Go to somebody else who gives me a better answer. Their answer isn't accurate. Mine is accurate. And I'm bringing you bad news. It's the crappy part of my job. But please listen. Now, if you if you fast forward for the next five, 10 years, is there a, another stop in your career path or is Green Lane right off into the sunset making Green Lane bigger, better? Uh, or, or maintain your, your size? We want to get a little bit bigger. I think it's funny. So my partner, uh, and you know him as well yeah. from GSI, his name yeah. is Keith Urban. You know, when we talk about it, we don't have an exit strategy. We, you know, business people from Wharton are probably, you know, yelling at me for not being, you know, smart enough to go into business. But, you know, we didn't go in with an out. Yeah. And we decided let's, there's two types of agencies. There's, there's high growth agencies. We were at a high growth agency. And there's also lifestyle agencies. It's yeah. We're not going to be filthy rich, but we're going to be able to do 40 hours, go home and have dinner with our families and make enough money to, you know, survive this life. Yeah. Um, so we decided to do the, uh, the, the lifestyle agency. Got it. When it comes to where you want to take Green Lane, if somebody were to come to you and say, hey, you know, we'd like to, you know, talk about a merger, talk about acquisition. Is that, is that in play or is Green Lane again, just, you want to keep it lifestyle, protect your uh, team members and just really make it that lifestyle business. So when it comes to where we will ultimately end up, this has been so much fun and so rewarding. And, you know, I'm 46 now. I don't see any reason why I won't be doing this for another 20, 30 years. <laughs> I mean, this is great. Well, so, so, because there's going to be a need for this in, you know, the foreseeable future and beyond, you know, how do you prepare for preparing for the next five, 10 years in SEO? I mean, obviously without getting into all the tactical uh, things that are going on, you know, how are you positioning your agency to be ready for the next, you know, even the, the next two, three years of, of SEO? One of the things that I left behind a big agency world is one of the things that I'm really proud we don't do. So, what tends to happen in big agencies, I'm coming around to the answer, is somebody goes to work with a big agency and they say, how many SEOs do you have? We have 50 SEOs here. Okay, well, they sign the deal and they end up with like one or two SEOs. So the one thing that we wanted to do was make it so that the people that we bring in to our small team, the, um, the, 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 the client can work with the best of the people that we have. And by doing that, we're not exactly scalable but we create value because we're really team members. We really become team members. We, we have long-term relationships. We're always working to be the absolute most knowledgeable we can be. And that's a massive investment on GreenLane to keep them trained, to keep them educated so that they can be that top tier provider. And that's really, we're not churn and burn. It's a huge model for agencies. We don't even have a sales team. So for us, it's we have to really have skin in the game and prove that we're worthy of keeping this relationship going for a while. And I think that's so, you know, having been a client of GreenLane, I can absolutely attest to that, that you do invest in your people uh, and you make sure that they are able to answer all the questions at the table with a client, as opposed to some agencies that give the old, let me get back to you. Uh, or let me talk to the person who knows the person who can get that answer. No, no, your, your team is ready, tip to tail, can answer any question about anything SEO and as a benefit, other channels as well that, that you're providing service for too. So they're very, very well-rounded to, to tackle that versus some of the other agencies that they may not have that, that specific model. But uh, yeah, good to know. Yeah. 
Um, any advice for anybody who's sitting around thinking, hey, my next stop on my path is to start my own agency? Oh, want to start your own agency? You got to be crazy. <laughs> you got to be insane. Don't try to be a rock star. No, it, it's it's really, it, it, it is a lot of work. Um, we started Green Lane. We took no cash. We just kind of built you know, the, build it up the, uh, ourselves, but you know, you got to learn a lot of things that I never really expected to have to become an expert on yep. taxation and, and all sorts of legal things like, Ugh. so there's a lot of things that you're going to have to be able to absorb and learn while doing the work. So yeah, starting an agency has been the best thing I've ever done. The first five years were very, very hellish because it was a lot of work. And then eventually you get a team that you can trust. You can start to delegate to them. And like near load, I mean, that's the ultimate, you know, at the end, then the, the, the person who started the business maybe isn't working the hardest gets to kind of relax a little bit. So, you know, it, there, it, in the long run, it is definitely worth doing, but you have to be willing to, to put in the hours and, and claw your way through. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's more than just being able to call yourself the founder. Uh, Cause there's a lot that comes with that when ready. I mean, I look back when, when, you know, I had the agency direct mass and, and, you know, listening and watching you, exist for nine years successfully, you know, we talk about all the time is like, if we could go over and do it again, maybe we shouldn't have sold. And maybe, man, imagine what we could have built at the time. Cause at the time, as you know, that SEO PPC boutique model was, was very popular, but yeah. uh, I hear you. It, it is, it's an investment in time and effort to get to that point that you envision being what you think it feels like to be a business owner, agency owner. Uh, but again, that's a that's a whole other podcast we get into about agencies and and the the interworkings of that. Now, for for our listeners that are thinking about a career in SEO and you know forget about starting an agency, okay, I want to continue my path uh, in SEO. You know, what do you tell those folks that that want to get that next job, first job in SEO? What should they be focusing on? Is there a skill set? Is it just you know? build your own site and practice on it? I mean, what do you tell somebody once they get an SEO? Well, it de hmm. the, the it depends answer is, is synonymous in SEO for all things, but I have to use the it's, it depends answer here too. If you're very, very passionate about it, you can go into SEO and you can learn everything. You can be full stack. You can learn all the different pillars of SEO, or you can enter the uh, industry and just focus on specific things. It's pretty uncommon to find an SEO who's an amazing content strategist and also knows how to speed up a website technically. Mm. They're out there. And if you can be that person who can do all of that, you're definitely going to be quite valuable. You do anything with anybody anytime you want. Or you can say, I know my strength is not with code. I just can't do code, but I can write really well. Well, then you can go in and just focus on that side, but you got to go in and be passionate. You have to be a self-starter. It can't just be something you write in your resume. I'm a self-starter. We all say that. You have to prove it because there, there really aren't classes for SEO generally in college. When you get to an agency, there's a lot going on. And the agency is usually kind of like, here's some slide decks, but you're going to have to figure out the rest of this on your own. So if you're scared to do, and I really, when we interview people at Greenlane, I try to scare them. I try to, but, but truthfully. And if they walk out and say, this is scary, they're not right for us. But if they walk out and say, that doesn't scare me at all. That sounds like a great challenge. That kind of attitude means a lot. That's great insight because the word we hear a lot when, when asking all of our guests about their specific niche and industry and, and specialty is, 
there's this un- underlying innate sort of curiosity that a successful marketer needs because even when you get, you know, you don't get the results, be curious how to fix it. Even when you're taking it on for the first time, be curious, figure out how it works. Uh, so SEO, especially you're right. I mean, there's people listening that probably never knew that full stack SEO was a thing. Um, cause everyone always thinks of maybe a limited component of SEO, but good to know that, you know, if there's an interest in the SEO space, um, as you're saying, there's the full stack, you know, with, which I, I'm assuming there's a technical SEO, there's a content part, uh, link building, all mm-hmm. the things in between that apply to certain, certain behaviors or certain, uh, types of, of, uh, marketing interests. Good right. point. So good insight on the career path. Um, Again, you know, going from, you know, self-starter, learning about it, in-house, agency world. Uh, I like how you put it about you, you took what you wanted to make part of your agency. You left out what you didn't want part of your agency. And that's what's kept Green Lane so successful for, for the first nine years and continuing. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, talk to Bill about day in the life and what it looks like uh, for somebody running an SEO agency and for those on his team. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Now, this episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast is sponsored by Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Now, as marketers, we know that knowledge is power when it comes to finding ways to, to grow your business. And every marketer has their favorite tool to get that intelligence, to get the insight, but it often comes with that hefty uh, or confusing pricing model. Now, if you're a marketer, you've heard of the tool, the SEO tool, Ahrefs, right? But did you know that they now offer access to their main site research products for free? All you need to do is go to hrefs.com slash AWT. You can access all the power of their site audit and site explorer tools for nothing for free. So uh, there's even a great walkthrough video when you get there. I'll walk you through and tell you how to get started in, in minutes. Now, listen, this tool goes way beyond what you can get in Google Search Console. And you're unlocking insights for your site that will help you be successful, be more competitive. And listen, the Ahrefs Webmaster Tools aren't just for the SEO team, right? So the content marketing team are going to use this tool to find the right trending topics, key terms, understand how to drive more traffic of the right traffic to your web content. Social media teams can identify which content is actually getting the most earned media and engagement. So, hey, the marketing manager, right? It's time to empower your teams. Let them start making more strategic decisions with Ahrefs for free. And remember, listen, Ahrefs, you don't have to be an SEO pro to rank higher and get more of the right traffic. So get started right now at ahrefs.com forward slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, we're back with Bill Siebold, uh, founder of Green Lane. And let's talk about day in the life. Let's talk about, Bill, you come into work on a Monday uh, or you start work on a Monday from your house. Uh, you, you wrap up on a Friday. What are you doing in a given given week? What's a, what's it look like for your, your position as somebody running a successful SEO agency? What I'm, Well, I could actually tell you what I'm doing as my day-to-day now, and I can give you a little bit of insight on what it was you know, for the first five years or so, because yeah, it's, it's definitely changed in the last couple of years. Sure. Uh, Day to day, I really truly believe that if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to be a visionary, and and a visionary's role in a job is really to to bring new ideas 
and then help craft the uh, the the boat that's going to sail to those ideas, and then evaluate. And, and you really that's that's being a visionary to me. So what has happened in the last few years, and I mentioned earlier about you have to let your team own some things. These last few years have been so good because I've been able to let the team own so much that I can now go back to that sort of visionary role. And it's crazy how you might just be sending an email, you know, but that 15 minutes that it took to send an email, your clear mind, you can actually be a lot more creative because you're not in the weeds all the time. So I've made a specific effort to get myself out of the weeds, mm. but I also used to have a problem with letting go. I kind of want to control everything and I want to make sure it's great. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. There's no room for perfectionism in, in this stuff. <laughs> so by let it, by finally coming around to that and letting uh, some of my previous tasks go, like I don't work on accounts anymore. Um, that has really been a great change. So it's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of uh, working through problems. It's a lot of identifying problems. But before, when I was working more with clients, it was it was definitely a their problems are now my problem. Mm. So, it, you know, identifying, spending the day identifying what the pain points are, trying to figure out what strategies you can put into play, what kind of things you can actually get done with the client, because sometimes the client can't, you know, do that request because of some technical reason or they don't have the staff to do certain things. So it's it's two totally different worlds that I've lived in in Greenlee. Mm. And you're saying, I mean, so it sounds like a lot of on the business kind of stuff, visionary, um, you know, building the direction, not just for the business, but maybe for some of your key clients. Um, you said you didn't have a sales team. And I guess, mm-hmm. are you the default when somebody says, I mean, not all the inbound calls, but if you get some inquiries and some interest, uh, are you fulfilling that need too? Yeah. So that is generally me. I, I, I sit at the top of biz dev. Um, so the way that I look at that, if a prospect comes to our door, and since we don't do a ton of advertising, we've done a little bit of outreach. We're doing a little bit of outreach now. So even though I don't have a sales team, I do have an outreach team, something we're, we're testing. Um, but generally, it's me who receives the, the inquiries. So what I do with the first step of the process is I get on the phone with them and I, I treat it like a meet and greet. I want to understand what they're looking for. And I want to make sure that we're positioned to actually help them. So there's a three-point checklist that I look for. Can we help the company? Is the company a real company? And are these people that we want to work with every day? If you can say yes to all three of those on my first meeting, I'll let you have a second call with our teams. It's really, I'll let you have it because we, we feel like the stuff that we do is really good and we shouldn't be working with clients that stress us out. We should be working with the clients that really want to win, really want to work with us. There's no stress in that. Yep. There's no stress in that. I love that. Uh, being selective, right? And like to your point, this feeds into your your I guess your culture and mindset for the for the agency, which is we're not trying to grow. If we're trying to grow, you may cut some corners in terms of who you'd bring on, but you want to make it a place where you want to put in a good, honest week's worth of work and and spend time with your family. So you can be selective on who you bring in because you're getting the demand. Um, do you guys enter- actually, if I can add, sure, uh, sure. add this, like Keith actually says it best when people say, how big do you want to go? He goes, I want to go as big as we can until I stop feeling like this is a family. Yeah. We throw around the number 30. If we're 15 now, 30, maybe. Yep. But if another five feels like we're losing touch of everybody on the team, then that's too big. Well, there's that saying that once you hit 50, that's when things start to change 50 mm-hmm. team members, but yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of 
uh, RFPs. Is that something your agency entertains or are you, are you more selective that you won't entertain RFPs? Very rarely do I do RFPs. I have to know something about the company and the people before I do it um, because they're just one-sided. Yeah. They're, the, they're an agency saying, here's all the things that we can do for you, but I don't know anything about what the, uh, the partnership would be like on the other side. So I do tend to write back and say, sorry, we, we don't do RFPs. And sometimes I get these like shocked responses and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not alone. I know a lot of agency owners who don't do RFPs anymore. It's just not a good way to start off a, a relationship. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good point. I've seen that shift a lot in the last, I'll, I'll say five, 10 years even. Yeah. Uh, I have to imagine there's just that much opportunity out there that you can be selective. And I love how you look for the chemistry fit too. Because if the person who's trying to win is trying to entertain you um, as an agency is somebody who just doesn't gel with yourself or the the account manager, no thanks, right? Yeah, Um, I I learned that at GSI. (laughs) So you know, when it comes to day in the life and working through, you know, the the in the business on the business, and maybe this is more for yourself, you know, first five years in SEO. You know, what are some of the challenging conversations that somebody in that associate level will have as an SEO, right? So they're working with other teams, you know, cross-functionally, you know, where are those friendlies, if you will, for the SEO who's working inside either in-house or at an agency? The friendlies, I think, could be anywhere. Um, you, you identify, I can even, I'll, I'll tell what I did at, at GSI. So I made a real point to get to know some of the developers. I, I, I made a real point to get to know everybody on the UX team. Not everybody, but many people. Sir, so I identified who'd like to drink after work. Let's go have a drink after work. Beer is an amazing trick for anyone who's who's of age and listening to this. But you know, I started to identify people that were easier to work with in each department. That was that was pretty important. So I figured out who my friendlies were. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing with clients. Sometimes you, sometimes you have a client who maybe you signed the client, but the client, the, the point person moved on to another job and now you've inherited the next person in line. This isn't the person you signed and this isn't a good personal fit. That can happen. You do the best you can to try to align, right? In our, in our business, we really, we have, I think we have two jobs. We, we try to make the employee look good, right? We try to make the employee look good and we try to make a lot of money for the company. So making the, when I say employee, the point of contact, making that person look good, they're the one that signed us. I mean, they are, we are very loyal to them. I love that mindset because like you said, you love to help people, you love to teach. And when you're put in a position to make somebody else look good, uh, especially when you're the, you're the service provider, you're the expert, does a lot of wonders, not just in terms of relationship, but also renewing the contract. So um, yeah. Our biggest driver of business is referrals. Those are people that say you've done great. And, you know, here's some more friends that I have that that I trust you with. We're proud is, of that. Is there a department that an, an SEO will typically butt heads with the most or have the most challenges working with together? Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> everyone, every department. The Sometimes you come across uh, a website that needs a lot of tech work, but there's a developer who doesn't want an SEO coming in to say, here's what you're doing wrong. Here's what you should be doing differently. Sometimes it's content strategists, uh, PR people hate SEOs. We can align so dang well. And sometimes they're just like, never put an SEO on the phone with me. All they care about is links. No, it's not all we care about. We, we have aligned goals. Um, yeah, it's very common to have conflict, but you have to talk 
through. Here's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to make your job harder. We're all in this together and having those candid conversations are very, very important. And given that, and you talked about this earlier about like, you know, an SEO having that ability to, you know, run towards the, like if, if you're scared by what's in front of you for an SEO position, then SEO is not for you. But if you want to run towards it, great. So maybe talk more about when it comes to the the types of individuals that succeed when interviewing for SEO roles. Uh, Again, you, you heard what the day in the life includes, you know, what are some of the things that you look for? that would tell you like, this is going to be an awesome SEO candidate. I've gotten it wrong a couple of times, but the, the the first thing I look for is passion. I mean, if they can really rattle off things and, and I say, wow, that person, you know, has been reading, you know, they didn't just read three blogs that are trying to sound like a professional. Right. They, they have read the blogs. They have tried the things on the blogs. They have uh, opinions on what they tried. That passion, that attitude, that that's always what I look for. I could have somebody come in and say, I've really only done SEO for a year, but I'm, I've, I've noticed this, I've, I'm semantic search is a model that I, I want to learn more about. When they start saying things like that, I know they're a little bit more invested than just cursory. I like that person. And, and do you ever look for portfolio work or ask for, you know, uh, someone to show their work? Yeah, we do that. So when we want to make sure that we have somebody great, we say to them, we want you to present to our team. It doesn't have, you don't have to blow us away. You know, don't be scared. Just show us what you know. And the presentation will be somebody coming in and treating us like a client and saying, you know, here are all the things that I found. And, you know, we don't necessarily hold them accountable to accuracy as much as what did you look at and why? Why were you thinking of looking there? That's what we look for. Right. The rest of it can be trained. Nice. Yeah, that's 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 key. Now, when you think about training, right, your team, you, you have a stable of great, smart marketers, SEOs, et cetera, you know, what should an SEO, someone in an SEO role be looking towards when it comes to developing their skills, right? So uh, a couple years in, I know I have a lot to learn. What's the path you see for somebody, you know, in an SEO role uh, for professional development? What are they, what, what do you, what are you giving them? What should they be looking at? What skills should they be um, sharpening uh, to develop into a, a, a better SEO? Yeah, we're still an industry that is uh, that that lives online. Just like when we started in, in forum boards, you can go to Twitter now. Twitter is where SEO thrives. And one of the best things I've ever done was became a, a Twitter user in the SEO space. And then you start to identify who the real knowledgeable people are and you and who the great sharers are. And you know, with Twitter, if you know how to use Twitter, you can basically create your own feed of people who constantly share great stuff. You know, and you have to be willing to. S- Stop your day and maybe it's after work. Maybe it's right before you go to bed. Read the headlines and get the gist out of things. But this is definitely a, a industry where you have to be willing to uh, teach yourself. You have to be willing to teach yourself. Now, where are the what are the go-to resources for anybody looking to begin or continue an SEO role? Uh, is there a hard stop? It's this or nothing? You know, what comes to mind as those resources? There's search engine land. It's been around forever. Um <laughs> I, it's got to be the first one that came out, the first trade that came out. Um, there's uh, Moz was good. Moz was was very good for a while. There's still a ton of great content on there. I know their business has changed a little bit. Um, actually, the blogosphere in general on SEO has quieted down a lot. It used to be everybody was publishing because content was king. So every SEO was cranking out everything and putting a lot of junk out there. <laughs> but Moz, Search Engine Land, there's a guy named... Um, 
his nickname online is Rusty Brick. It's Barry Schwartz. He spends all day just listening to people in forum boards and, you know, reporting on any little thing. Oh, there might be a, a, a an algorithm update today. That Wow, that guy just to do that all day for us. Right. It's called Search Engine Roundtable. So those three sites, I really, I look at the headlines every day. That's pretty important. And I get that through Twitter, but you can do it through RSS. You can do it through bookmarks. Those three sites are important. So if, if you're following them, then that, that's where you need to be just to get the the catalyst of if there's something changing or something you need to dig deeper into. Because I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of marketers tend to, you know, want to have a finger on the pulse of everything and every outs, out, outlet, every resource, which is impossible. Because <laughs> at a certain point, you start getting you know, duplicate content and in the sense of like, it's the same story over and over again, you know, it sounds like picking these top three is the, is the, the way to go to stay on top of what's going on SEO. Yeah. I mean, there's some other niche sites, um, but if you're just getting in, those are definitely one. And we'll when, when you've been in there for six or seven years, there's, I'd probably give you another set of websites to, to explore. <laughs> those are good. That's a starter pack for uh, plugging in SEO and we'll, we'll put the links in the show notes. So, so Bill, this is a, a career moments episode and, you know, I want to end up by asking you this question. What is in your mind, your biggest career moment so far in your marketing career? My biggest career moment by far is starting and running a successful company. And, and, and you tie that success to a giant risk that I felt like I was taking, but one that I was passionate enough to take. And that was that job at GSI. Nice. Right. If I hadn't done that, and there were days that it drove me up a wall. There were days where I was like, I got to quit. And I did look for other jobs at times, but I stayed because I realized at the end of the day, the absolute value that I was getting. And, and, you know, I know a lot of people are like, I want to quit a bad job. All jobs, you know, can be bad. Stay at a bad job, learn everything you can from it. When you've learned it and you you got the education, there's nothing wrong with moving on to the next opportunity. Great, great advice. Where's the best place for people to connect with you? Maybe continue the conversation about GreenLane or just SEO in general? Yeah, you can email me at green, uh, bill at greenlanemarketing.com. You can find me on Twitter. It's just at Bill Seabald. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I, I think I'm like the only Bill Seabold out there who does marketing. So it shouldn't be too hard to find me. Happy to chat with anybody. I love talking about this stuff. So really, anybody who has any questions, just reach out and I'll answer. I awesome. answer everybody. I love it. And definitely somebody to connect with. One of the best in the game today. Bill, appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck with, Green, with GreenLane. Thank you. And there you have it. One of the best in the SEO business Big thanks to Bill Seabald for joining us on this episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast. Tons of great stuff that Bill shared, uh, like how to impress when you're interviewing for those SEO roles, uh, pros and cons of working as an SEO, both in-house or at an agency, gave some great insights there, uh, and what it takes to be a full-stack SEO. Yes, that is a thing. Uh, so great insights there from Bill. So check the show notes. Bill shared some great resources for SEO. You'll find some links to some other marketing career resources, plus a link to um, some of those great tools from Ahrefs. And if you have any questions at all about anything tied to your marketing career, let us help. Just shoot us a quick email at connect at themarketinghelp.co. That's connect at themarketinghelp.co. And until next time, this is your host, Eric Harbison. And remember, today's a great day to start advancing your marketing career. <laughs>